Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do have your seat. Yes, if you're giving thanks to the Lord and clapping to the Lord, clap properly. Amen. But the Bible says, clap your hands, O ye people. You know, to us it may just be noise. But what matters is how God interprets it. You know, you might clap and that gives you a job tomorrow. Amen. Praise God. It's the truth. You might clap. You know, there is someone in the Bible that... God had anointed to be a king. And the prophet said, take a bow and an arrow and shoot. You know. And he took the bow, he took the arrows, and he started shooting. He shot until the third time, and then he stopped. And the prophet was grieved. He was like, why did you shoot only three times? You see, because it's just a bow and an arrow made of wood and iron or steel or something. But before God, it meant something else. So the prophet was angry. And he was like, why did you shoot only three times? You should have shot at least six or seven times or something. And he said, but because you shot only three times, when you go to war, you will win only thrice. And your victories shall end. You should have shot at least seven times. Obliterated your enemy. You see, the Bible tells us the weapons of our warfare are not man-made. They are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, we are talking about sanctification. I believe that's what Pastor Stan had started out on. In the light of the fact that we are kings and priests unto God. Powerful thing. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The psalmist said, thus will I bless thee, O Lord. I will lift up my hands to your name. You know, we don't know sometimes what the lifting up our hands means in the heavens. What it means to God is more important than what it means to you. Do you remember that Moses only had his hands lifted over the children of Israel? And as long as his hands were lifted, they were prevailing. He didn't give them weapons. He didn't give them strategies. He just lifted up his hands. At some point, he got tired. And when his hands fell, the enemy prevailed over the children of Israel. Where is the connection between the lifting up of hands and victory in war? What matters is what it means to God, not what it means to men. It so mattered that his physical hands were in the air that two men came and helped him. They put a seat beneath him. He sat and they lifted up his hands on his behalf. What was God looking at? The hands of Moses up. That's all. Not a sacrifice, not an offering. Not a prayer committee. Not a body of intercessors. Just hands lifted up. No voice. And there was victory. 
You know, there is a lot of things that we are told to do in the Bible. If only we knew what those things mean to God and to our lives, we would do them more. For instance, you know, I'm the pastor for missions and discipleship. So we've got to tell you why we do some of these things. We keep talking about connect groups. We're talking about Friday prayer meetings here with Pastor Doc. We talk about church service. We talk, we talk about discipleship class. Let me tell you, those things may not be comfortable to be a part of. They may not be comfortable to be a part of. You may have to sacrifice some of your family time to be here on Friday evening after, after work. And let me tell you, granted, don't think that if it was God's will, you would not be tired. You see, there is this mentality that we have that if this thing was God's will, it should be easy. Tell that to Moses when he was lifting up his hands. Everything that God requires of us is not convenient. That it's not pleasing or feeling comfortable to your physical body doesn't mean it's wrong. The times when God would have you pray at home. And that's the time when you could have been doing something else that is more comfortable. And you tell yourself, maybe it's not God's will for me to do this. If it was, it should be easy. That's not true. Many things that God will call out from you will require that you turn your eyes from yourself. We're just coming from the season of fasting. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there is a lot of things in the word of God for us to exercise ourselves in. And the more we learn to practice the word of God, the more we are accustomed to turning away from ourselves. And the more you do that, when you train yourself in the things of God like that, you learn to become more dependable to God. Many of us fail when God is still trying us. We haven't gotten into the work yet. God is still trying you. He's still training you. And you fail in the training. If you fail in the training, when will you get into the work? Praise the Lord. And we are trained through general things that look unattractive and glorious. They seem to have no reward. Like coming here and listening to Pastor Doc in the cold of the night on Friday evenings. There is no glam about it. In fact, on those days, he doesn't come wearing a dera. He comes wearing jackets, sweatpants, you know. <laughs> you know, you could easily mistake him to be the homie in the hood. And he's a man of God. He's ministering for the Lord at that time. People are coming here. They are praying. Many of what you are seeking this year depend on such meetings. I'm telling you. Connect groups. Many of what many of you will be coming here asking for special prayer. God is just looking at whether you are present in the connect group or not. You may not be ministering in that connect group. You may even be sleepy and sleeping. Let me tell you, it is better to sleep in God's presence than to be active outside of God's presence. I'm telling you. Get to the connect group. Find a way in which you can connect yourself into it. 
this is an order of God. We could take time and share this. I have only 45 minutes. During the, it's not enough to be able to help you out with all these things. Maybe we can just look at a couple of scriptures. But I'm telling you, you are safest in the midst of the will of God. That brings us to the first scripture that we'll be looking at. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are talking about sanctification. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. When you get born again, it's more than a decision for Jesus. It's more than a decision. It takes a decision to get born again. But what happens to us is more than a decision. There is an eternal change that takes place in your life. Eternal change. That cannot be done by any man. An eternal change that is visible in the eye of God. Invisible to men. No blood test can show that a change took place. An aptitude test might not show. There is no certificate you're given. But there is a signature on your life from that day. You are not your own. Everything about your life from that day has been prepared. I would to God that all of us could see that. You will come to realize that when you got born again, God had prepared everything for anyone that would ever get born again. Everything. Yourself included. How many of you are born again? Just by show of hands. You know that you are born again. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Come on, say it to your neighbor. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I am born again. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I want you to hear yourself. You know some of you, the last time you heard yourself saying that you're born again, you can't even remember. Just say it to your neighbor. Say, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I, I so and so. Say your name. Don't say so and so. I, uh-huh, I'm born again. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. What the Bible says Concerning those who are born again, it says about me. Whatever is written in the eternal scriptures concerning the born again is a letter to me. Praise God. Amen. Now, when I read the Bible, that's how I read it. Do you realize everything in the Bible is not written for you? It doesn't have to apply to you. There are many things to learn from. But not everything applies to you. We need to find the ones that apply to us. Imbibe that into our heart. And walk in the light of it. 
Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 8. So here is the apostle. People dispute whether it's Paul or not, but it's, it's clearly Apostle Paul, at least to me. You know? Yeah, there are small things that if you, if you can see, you'll just know who this is. And you can account for the difference in that letter from the rest. For the simple reason that Apostle Paul was a Jew, sent to the Gentile world, but this is the one time he writes to Jews. So he writes to Hebrew, Hebraic Christians, Jewish Christians. Now the Christians from all over the world didn't know about the Ten Commandments. You know, we assume that the Ten Commandments was given to Christians. There were no Christians in the days of Moses. All right? Christians came after the resurrection of Jesus. So there was no Christian. All right? So he was writing to people with a Jewish mind. So when he talked about the Old Testament, they understood what he was saying. You don't find Apostle Paul talking about the Old Testament to the Corinthians. He talks to them about how you need to walk now that you are born again. When he writes to the Ephesians, he tells them how you need to walk now that you are born again. When he writes to the Colossians, how you need to walk now that you are born again. That is what he does. And you know what? As a Christian, you will do well if you pay attention to what is written for you, how you need to walk now that you are born again. The attitude you need to have now that you are born again. And everything he tells you about your life now that you are born again is because of that eternal change that took place in you that even you may not know. This is the instruction manual for the product that is called the new creation. The letters to the church. Now, this is one of those letters, only that it's written to a people that have a different background. So the language can seem deep, but it's actually not because Paul called them, calls them babes. You know, I had a preacher one day say that the book of Hebrews is one of the deepest New Testament uh, scriptures because it was written to mature Christians. No, it wasn't. It was written to immature Christians. The only difference is they had a Jewish background so he could dig into Old Testament matters that other Christians, including that preacher ideally, may not have known. So it takes a little bit more study to understand what he's actually talking about, all right? That's just the truth. I'm not trying to abuse anyone. That, that's the truth, all right? I love what Pastor Doc said if you were here on Friday. He said, that, um, he said something that I have known to be true. That we are called to be pastors is not synonymous with being mature in the things of God. It just means that we are called. So forgive us when we misbehave with the scriptures. We don't know everything. And we are okay with that. We are in the company. If you don't know anything, you are in a safe company. Yes, you are in a safe company. Praise the Lord. The apostles didn't know everything. Amen. In fact, the Bible says, it is when we see him. When we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Until that time, we haven't reached that place. And it's just fine. But what he has given to us is enough for this life. It is enough to make you a super success in this life. It is enough to make you 
someone who accomplishes the will of God with your life. So you don't need to know everything, but you need to at least be growing. Just make sure at the end of the year, you are not the same call that we knew in January. If nobody else can see it, at least let it be evident to you. If nobody else is present to celebrate your, 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 your progress, let at least the first witness of that progress be you. Don't be fooled by the praises of people, amen? So let's read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8. Above when he said, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offering for sin was not your will. Do we have it on the screen? Excellent, thank you. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Would is, is a, that's an old English for saying, was not your will. Will. So, would, in past tense, it was not your will. Neither had pleasure therein. So, he's talking about the sacrifices and offerings that were offered in the old covenant. And he's talking to Jewish Christians who will be tempted to start offering sacrifices to God again. So, you see, that's not your problem. If you are not under the law, because you were never offering sacrifices to God anyway. Praise the Lord. So you are probably busy in the bush somewhere, or busy in the mosque somewhere, or something else. Whatever it was, but not this, alright? So he says, neither did you have pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. The term law refers to the covenant of the Old Testament. So many times you will see interchangeably the word the law being used, or the old covenant, or the old testament, or even the word Moses. There is a term we use in theology to describe that. When you use one name to represent something else, all right? But they are talking about the same thing. Carry on, bro. Then said he, now after God was dissatisfied with these sacrifices and offerings, he was dissatisfied because what he was looking for could not be brought about by these offerings. Now, there may be Christians here today that are asking, is it right to offer God burnt offerings and things like that? Your answer is right there. It was not his will. He had no pleasure in it. He has not changed. How many of you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? So what was not his will will never be his will. So don't waste time going to buy some boozy somewhere. Eat the boozy with your family. Invite friends. Invite church members. Enjoy. Mamboya sacrifice, leave it alone. Praise the Lord. So he said, then he said, now he's going to introduce what he preferred. So God is telling you, the law is mine. I am the one who made provision for these sacrifices. But it did not please me. There is something else that I have been wanting. Alright? Then he said, oh, let's go back. Verse 8. Uh, have you changed the version? Oh, okay, okay, sour. Verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. Now, when he, you see that, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, is in quotes. Which means someone was saying this. Now, this is carried from the book of Psalms. Now, the Psalms, we are told in the book of Acts chapter 2, that David was a prophet. Yes, sir. 
Acts chapter 2. Read Acts chapter 2. You'll find the Bible says that David being a prophet. All right? He was a prophet and a king. Now, being a prophet, he was a mouthpiece for God by the Holy Spirit. So there are things that the Spirit of God could speak through David that were not his own words. Now, when you move forward, the Bible teaches in the book of 1 Peter that the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament upon the prophets was also called the Spirit of Christ. Alright? So, meaning that the Spirit of Christ could give them revelations concerning the days of Christ before he came. To the point that the Spirit of Christ could speak the words of Jesus before he landed on earth. Okay? Before he was born. This is one of those instances. So now, David speaks, he carries something, he gets something from the Spirit. And he begins to announce something on behalf of Jesus. So he knows that this is not himself. Okay? So the Bible says, he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. Now, these were words that Jesus himself was going to say when he arrived. Now, the Bible says, he takes away the fast. What is the fast? The sacrifices and offerings. So when he says, sacrifices and offerings you have had no pleasure in. Alright? But then he says, then I come to do your will, O God. So he puts away the fast. So he takes the first busyness of sacrifices and sets it aside. Then he says, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. Yeah. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Which means, as long as the first is in power, the second cannot operate. Yes, That's what we are being taught here. Carry on. By that will, which will? I have come to do your will. He said, I have come to do your will, O God. So he says now, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, he's telling us that we who are born again, because of what was inferior, God removed it. Then he brought in the real thing. Now here he has skipped so many things. He hasn't told you about the life, the teaching, the power, the glory, the ministry of the life of Jesus, his death, his burial, resurrection. He hasn't mentioned any of that. He has skipped all the way from the prophecy to your life now that you're in Christ. Now he's telling us everything that Jesus did on this earth was for this. That when you received Jesus as Lord of your life, this is what happened to you. When he accomplished the will of God, that will that he said, I come to do your will. He did it until he died. He did the will of God until the will of God killed him. Oh my, 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 my. And you know the Bible tells us to be armed with the same mind. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If your mind is different, he's telling you, now learn from Jesus and let this attitude be in you which was in him. What is he saying? It is possible to be like Jesus. Now, herein is the problem with many of us because we don't understand the message of faith. When the Bible tells us, please let's skip to Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. When the Bible tells us 
let this mind be in you. Some of us, instead of looking at what the Bible is saying and accepting it and learning from it, we turn it into a mountain. We convert it into a problem. So you look at the scriptures. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Then you start assessing your life. You start counting how last week you weren't, at some point you weren't thinking as well as you were, we wanted to. Now you're reading the word of God. You're in church. You're hearing the word and the word seems to be diametrically opposite to your mental attitude. You know, and you start condemning yourself. Then you're like, ay. So uh, you, you, you keep condemning yourself. Do you know, God is merciful. When people come here to be prayed for, many of them come with the wrong mindset. If God were to open the eyes of most of us pastors, when you guys are coming to be prayed for, we wouldn't pray for you. I'm serious. We wouldn't pray for you. Because those prayers won't work anyway. But you know, many times, God is so merciful. He will never stop one ounce of faith because of ten ounces of doubt. He will overlook the doubt for just one positive thing. Just one. That's the heart that Jesus has. You remember he said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one gets lost, he's telling you his mentality. He will leave the 99 for that one. That's his mentality. That's how his math is like. So the Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We look at that and then we are like, eh, we transform it into a mountain. Yet he was speaking to people who are probably in the same situation as yourself. So this is to tell us that it is possible. So when you see this, you say, Father, I thank you that you think this way of me. That I can have the mind of Christ in this world. I can have this attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Now, let me show you. There is a mentality that will fight against you fulfilling the will of God. Jesus had to have this mentality that allows him to fulfill God's will. Carry on. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. I love this. This is exactly what this scripture should read. If your Bible is reading... Uh, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. I know some of you are reading a, a version of the Bible that says that. That one is wrong. This is the accurate one. Alright? What he's telling us is Jesus being in very nature God, in, in his nature. The Bible tells us that the word was made flesh and the word was God. If the word was God and the word was made flesh, then Jesus is God made flesh. So he was in the very nature of God. So the Bible says he didn't consider it a crime to proclaim that he is in the same nature as God. So you know those other versions of the Bible cheat you. They tell you that if Jesus, even though he was in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God something to hang on to. They're trying to tell you that Jesus easily 
decided he's not identifying with that nature. That is not true. That is not what the Bible teaches. That's not true humility. That, if that was true, why did they want to stone him when he said he was the son of God? Because you know, to the Jewish mind, they understood that if you say that you're the son of God, you're putting yourself in the same class as God. So they said, you being a man claims to be God. For this reason, we are going to stone you. Then Jesus said, but look at my deeds. Tell me where I've done wrong. Everything I've said to do, you have done. You see that? So he said, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. Eh? Here is humility. But he made himself of no reputation. If you read the amplified version of the Bible, he says, he stripped himself of his divine glory and power as God. That's what reputation means. English is, oh my God, English is not rich. <laughs> so he said, he stripped himself of his reputation. That is of his name, the level of class, the divinity. He put that aside. He had that nature, but he didn't operate from that nature. Oh my God, only God could do that. Can you behave less than a human? No, put aside the nature of humanity. Now we see what you will be. But God can set aside his divine glory and power. He got tired like you do. He got hungry like you do. He got tempted like you are. He slept and woke up like you. He even died like human beings. He prayed like you. He worshipped God. He preached the gospel like you. He won souls. He got rejected like some of you have. So rejection should not get you into depression. If you have ever gotten rejected for doing the right thing, you're in the right company. Don't beg anyone. It doesn't mean you have failed. Being rejected is not synonymous with failure. Stripped himself of his privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant. What is he telling us? This physical body is servant suit. As long as you have a physical body, you need to remember there is someone you should be serving. Yes. So as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave. He says, in that he became like men. Meaning that humanity takes the form of those who should worship and serve God. Your very humanity speaks for you. Humanity is not for homosexuality. It's not for all those escapades. In that he became like man and was born a human being. Carry on. Why is time on fast forward? And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death. 
even the death of the cross. Now, this is that will that we were reading about in the book of Hebrews. He said, I have come to do your will, O God. He did it until it killed him. Now, this is the obedience that the first Adam could not accomplish. He couldn't obey God with his life. The second Adam came, accomplished it, and it drove him to death. Now, when you're doing the will of God, don't misunderstand. Read the Bible carefully to see what he is saying to you. Don't see what you think or what you want. See what he's trying to say. If this is Jesus and the will of God got him killed, and the will of God has gotten many people killed, are you aware of that? Why should you assume that if you're walking in the will of God, everything should be comfortable? Why? Why do we have this thing of if your life is under a certain kind of pressure, your gravitation is towards seclusion? Here is someone that's going through something in church. I think I need a break from church. When you do that, you establish your failure and you don't know. The church is not a human creation. Neither does it operate by human principles. That is the time you need to get more into this. Praise the Lord. Amen? Yes. Carry on. Therefore, because of this, the doing of God's will, we are, talking about, we are talking about sanctification. The word sanctify literally means to separate. So it's, the word sanctify doesn't mean that you have a holy posture. Alright? Kneeling down is not being sanctified. In the book of Leviticus, God said, I am the Lord that sanctifies you. Nobody sanctifies themselves. God is the sanctifier. If you want a title for this message, it's called We the Sanctified Ones. Why we are teaching and preaching is so that your lifestyle may catch up with the spiritual reality that you're already separated. Why does Satan keep on tempting you with what you used to know? You know, Satan will rarely test you or tempt you with something that never used to be a part of your life before you got born again. And then some of you, he convinces you that because of the presence of the temptation, no change took place. So you think you need to get born again, again. There is no getting born again, again. By one sacrifice has he perfected forever them that come to God by him. By one sacrifice. By one will, one will that was accomplished by Jesus. We who have accepted Jesus are eternally separated for God. Whether we sleep or we wake. This, I, I don't have fears. I don't know how to fear circumstances. I used to. It doesn't mean much to me anymore. 
Because you see, it doesn't change these eternal verities. And these things have been built into my conscience. That's what he meant when he said, let this mind be in you. So I have been working on it as you should be working on it. Now we have all progressed in that instruction to different degrees. To the degree that we have conformed to that mentality, to that degree we can fulfill God's will. He said because of this, because he stooped down to fulfill what? The will of God. God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. For doing the will of God, God responded. This is what we are talking about. As you do God's will, God will respond to you. Jesus is the prototype for the new creation. What God did with Jesus, he can do with you. That's why I'm telling you, sometimes, you see the Bible teaches in the book of Psalms, is it Psalms, Psalms 75? Is it Psalm 75? Psalm 75, I think, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6. That promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west or from the south, but God is the judge who puts down one and lifts up another. That's why I'm telling you, when trouble strikes, don't separate yourself. That is what Satan is counting on. Don't take a break. He said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. But they will none of me. I said that with, of, by men of strange lips and another tongue, I will speak to these people. And he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. Look, you will be refreshed by God. When you do God's will, you will be promoted beyond qualifications when you do God's will. God is not looking at what men are looking at. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God is not looking at what people are looking at. Let this mind be in you, which was in him. Learn from him. He is our example. As he was separated for God. He also came and separated us for God. The Bible says that for their sakes, I have sanctified myself. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. And he said, and your word is truth. Praise God. We have been separated by Jesus. We are not of this world. Turn to two or three people. Tell them, sister, brother, you are not of this world. Tell them you were bought with a price. Don't worry about your life. It was prepared for. It was paid for. It was garnished. It was beautified. It was separated. That what befalls those who are out there. Tell them that which befalls those on the outside. Is not a part of your life. They are examples don't apply to you. They are not your example. Jesus is your example. And he was glorified when he obeyed God. He was glorified when he did God's will. Amen? So the will of God is enough for us.
we are separated for the will of God. It should not surprise you when your life produces the glory of God. It is normal. It's ordinary. Praise God. It is ordinary. When the graces of God manifest in your life, don't be surprised. It is supposed to be so. It was prepared for you. When there is an overflow of the Spirit in you, it should not surprise you. It was meant to be so. When the Spirit of God manifests suddenly in your house, don't be surprised. He's not trying to start a special move. He's showing you this is where you should live. That is your life. Praise God. When you use the name of Jesus and whatever it was that you were trying to stop actually stopped, don't be surprised. Expect it to stop. Amen? We are separated and sanctified for the will of God. Amen. Please rise on your feet. Let me tell you. Testify to what God has done in your life. Testify to it. Don't testify to what is happening on the outside. Talk about it. Yes, that's what we mean in literal, you know, testify sounds very sanctimonious. You know, talk about it. Tell people and talk in the light of it. Talk in the light of it. Amen. Speak as one who is separated for victory. Separated for glory. Separated for God. We are his children and he loves us. And Jesus paid the ultimate price for our victory. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop. And make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.